listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott, joined today uh, by a pediatrician, Tyson Tidwell, and we are talking about food and your babies. Yes. And uh, when they're ready for solid food. An exciting time. This is when this it's is time every, to be alive, isn't it? It is. This is every grandpa's dream. He's like, hey, when can I start giving the whipped cream and Sour Patch Kids? Right? Yes. And usually it's a lot sooner than it should be. Isn't yes. that the truth? And then a lot sooner than mom ends up knowing because it, it stays on the down low. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? But so it's important. It's a, it's a big milestone mm-hmm. for your baby. Um, we've gone from, you know, breastfeeding, bottle feeding to baby food. Uh, now we're talking about solid foods and it, it makes such a difference sometimes it does in your, in kind of your family routine of, okay, well, this is what we're having for dinner. How can we incorporate this for baby too? It's an exciting time. It's, uh, it's fun to watch them experience and enjoy things for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, you of course get some great video reactions the first time they try something they don't like. Right. Um, but it's and it it's an exciting time for the entire family to uh, jump into something new. So on average, mm-hmm. uh, time wise, age wise, when does that usually start to come into play? So we see that most uh, infants show us they are ready to start trying some solids between four to six months of age. So they're infants, so how are they showing us that? Yeah, so the, the things that as a pediatrician I, I look for and mm-hmm. recommend that uh, parents look for, um, we want to see some ability to sit up with some limited support. So being able to sit in mom or dad's lap, that's mm-hmm. just fine. Um, some good head control. Um, believe it or not, you know, swallowing or, or managing something in your mouth, it's really hard and it's very complex and something yeah. that needs to be learned. Um, and something that is brand new. Yes, it's totally new. And, you know, they will start to show you that they're interested. Uh, they will fixate on what what's going into mom or dad's mouth or, mm-hmm. or brother's uh, mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are some of the cues that you, you can look for to know that, hey, maybe we're ready to start introducing some solids into our routine. So let's talk about some of those solids that, you know, we can start to introduce because, of course, there are some that are going to be better than others. Yes. Um, some that will be more manageable than others. Um, so what? where should we kind of start? So I, I typically recommend to my patients that we start with a cereal. So mm-hmm. uh, a rice or an oatmeal cereal. Um, usually these are iron fortified. So once again, a great source of some vitamins. Um, and it's a way that we can manage, uh, that introduction of solids. So, um, typically you're only going to expect a baby to maybe consume one to two teaspoons or tablespoons of solids the first time. And by introducing a a cereal, you have, you can uh, kind of alter the consistency, start pretty runny and then work its way up as they, learn to manage and Mm -hmm. um, they're going to go through I mean it's kind of sensory overload a little bit from the texture the taste yes all the things 95% of it's going to end up on the face or the bib or the counter or Or mom or dad (laughs) right Um, but it's an easy way to introduce a a healthy food um, 
that in reality, it's a change for their, their uh, digestive tract. Mm-hmm. And um, it's an easy way to see how they manage that. Yeah. And so from kind of the, the cereals, the rice cereals, the oatmeal cereals, what's kind of the next step there? You know, so it's exciting. And, and a lot of people want to jump to the really sweet things, you know, the, the bananas, the applesauce, uh, the prunes, you name it. Sure. Um, but typically, it's best to move to some of the vegetables, uh, something that has some protein um, and something that's not overly sweet so that they don't only want the sweet things so that they yeah. will try those carrots or those green beans, you name it. And the peas. Uh, the peas. Uh, <laughs> always a, a favorite. Always a fan favorite. Um, and then uh, typically, we recommend that um, with every food you introduce, you give them a couple days to see how they adjust to it. So. Mm-hmm. Don't throw everything at them at one time. You can introduce those green beans, try it uh, a couple days, see if they have any reaction to it, how well they tolerate it, um, and then jump to something new. And um, certainly by maybe about six months of age or whatnot, you can start to introduce some of the meats or the proteins Mm -hmm. in that form. And during this time, it's still important to uh, continue to breastfeed if you are or to formula bottle feed. Uh, intermittently while you're still introducing these foods. That's right. So the reality is that breastfeeding or the formula feeding, that's going to be their primary source of nutrition. Mm -hmm. We really expect that maybe once, sometimes twice a day, you'll be offering some solids initially. Um, But we do not expect it to be their primary source of nutrition. Right. And so let's talk nutrition for a minute when it comes to baby food and introducing some of these solids. Mm you know, there's a lot of back and forth on, should I make my own? Yeah. Is, are the jars or the pouches? I know my kids loved the pouches. Right. Which, I mean, that's, from a parent standpoint, that's brilliant, <laughs> right? <laughs> it is. It can be a game changer on the go, right? 100% game changer. Yes. Yeah, but, I mean, nutritionally speaking, of course, we always want the best for our children. Right. Um, so, from your standpoint, and we know for, you know, family-wise, everything's different, Um you know, do we make it? Do we buy it? Yeah. Do we try both and see what works best? Absolutely. I think this falls into the uh, personal preference, mm-hmm. right? Um, there are, it, it takes a lot of work uh, to make your own baby food. Mm-hmm. And I commend those that do it uh, because certainly um, it can be time consuming. And um, for parents on the go, um, it may not fit. Sure. Uh, but certainly can be a very healthy option. So, um, we just have a few recommendations uh, for parents that are going to make their own baby food. So, uh, first and foremost, you know, be as clean as you can. So, make sure you wash your hands, make sure you wash your fruits, your vegetables, whatever it is. Um, try not to uh, cross contaminate if you're going to be using some raw meats, mm-hmm. and make sure that you're cooking them to the recommended temperatures. Um, and then certainly make sure that you're using something to puree or grind it to the consistency that your baby's going to be able to tolerate. Um, I think one thing that we should also consider is, is don't fall into the temptation of trying to add something to make it sweeter or saltier or something that they're going to enjoy more. Right. right. Try to keep it as pure as you can and just in its uh, most basic forms. Um, and then certainly we don't recommend that we add anything like honey uh, until infants are at least a year old. Um, just try to keep it as natural and, and pure as you can. Yeah, and so you're talking about honey and, and kind of when to incorporate that. There are some other 
kind of food guidelines yeah. that go along with that when you're starting to introduce your baby into solids and more foods? What, what's, can you break that down for me? Yes. Yeah, so as I was mentioning earlier, is swallowing, eating, managing something in your mouth, that is a very coordinated uh, response. Sure. And something that is kind of a stepwise fashion. So start with some of those purees that um, are easier to manage. And then you can start maybe around, you know, eight months or as your child is showing that they can tolerate some of those more solid foods, try introducing some of those Cheerios or something that's soft. The little that puffs. The or puffs, mm-hmm. those yogurt puffs. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are all great because they can start out firm, but if they munch on them or gum on them as, uh, yeah. for a bit, they'll become softer and, and, and safer uh, for them to swallow. And then um, if you are, you know, if you're making your own foods and you feel like it's too thick, don't hesitate to use breast milk or some formula and water to help thin it out a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, but certainly hold off, as I mentioned, on, on adding, uh, you know, something to sweeten it or... Um, or salt. Or We're not cooking for ourselves. Correct. We're cooking for a child. Correct. Um, and keep it simple as uh-huh. best you can. And at what point should we uh, kind of let our babies venture out into trying to feed themselves? Yeah. You know, that's a great question, Jade, and something that um, is important. So those we talked about those pouches, right? Mm-hmm. They are great. They do provide some degree of control. Baby gets to, you know, grab it and put it up to their mouth and suck on it, all those things. It's also great when you're at home to go ahead and put it in a bowl and Mm -hmm. give them a little spoon and and let them be in control of it. So they probably won't be as successful in hitting the target as you might be. Um, But But certainly, it's okay because part of it is developing those motor skills, right? right? Uh, of grabbing something, scooping something, lifting it up to your mouth. And so um, it certainly is more messy, but it is an important part of a child's development. Yeah, and it also is, it, it creates that independence, which does. is so important for their ongoing development and, mm-hmm. and feeling like the success of it. it. Absolutely, and it provides them an opportunity, let's say you have older children, mm-hmm. to have dinner time all together as a family. So, um, you know, it, it's a, a chance to be together. It's a chance for them to develop what they need to develop. And um, I think that it can be help them be extremely successful. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think that's great. Um, we were talking about the pouches and, and making your own food. And I mean, there are so many different options really at this point. Right. Um, what's your take? And I know it's all, you know, there's some science behind some of it. There's also some opinion behind some of it. Right. Um, organic, non-organic. Yeah. So certainly um, your organic foods are going to cost more, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we do know that they uh, will have likely less you know, pesticides and whatnot. But it's also important to remember that those foods that are pref- uh, prepared that aren't organic, they do meet the threshold from the FDA sure. for... Uh, having extremely low amounts or uh, undetectable amounts. Um, But there isn't any evidence that would suggest that organic foods are for sure going to be more nutritious uh, for our our children. And so, um, once again, this is something that falls, as as you said, into your opinion or your personal uh, beliefs, and Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Um, We recommend just finding what fits and works for your family um, and then 
taking those basic steps that we would recommend, whether it's organic or not, if you're going to uh, go ahead and prepare those foods, do it in the safest manner you can. Yeah. And so talking about safety, um, let's talk about shelf life a little bit Yeah, and how that works. Um, you know, there's the glass jars, there's the pouches, right. um, there's plastic containers. There's a number of different vessels that baby food comes in these days. Yes. Um, so... A couple important things. So if you're going to use a pouch, um, like we mentioned, it's easy to hand over to baby and let them go at it. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to have their saliva in there. So that's probably done at that point. Sure. One and done. One and done. Um, a glass baby jar, you know, those break. So that's not appealing to some people. Um, sure. But they can be resealed as long as we're pouring the baby food into another bowl or something. Uh, so if we're kind of portioning it out. Correct. Okay. Um, so pouring it out for breakfast, putting the lid back on and sticking it in the fridge, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the plastics, those also can be helpful on the go, right? Um, you know, not going to break. Some of them will reseal. But once again, if you intend to use you know, a, a pouch or a food, a, a jar for more than one meal, go ahead and pour the food out and scoop from that rather than having uh, your spoon go directly back into the container. The contamination. Because mm-hmm. the saliva can play a factor. It can. So, you know, it's it's an introduction of something new. Yeah. When, when you first opened that jar, it was pasteurized. It was uh cleaned and and it comes in its purest form but we just want to make sure that we are uh, trying to feed uh, as safely as we can yeah of course um things to avoid and we talked about some of those you said the honey um of course you know not putting any extra additives or seasonings into your baby food if you are making it or even if you're buying uh already pre-made right we're not gonna make it we're not gonna make it sweeter no (laughs) you're not gonna make me like the peas regardless (laughs) it's not not gonna happen Uh, but there are some other things uh, you're saying that you should avoid right off the bat correct so under the age of one um we don't want to introduce just routine regular cow's milk it's okay for the rest of the family um, but let's hold off on that. If, if you feel like something needs to be thinner or have milk added to it, then go ahead and use that formula and water or some breast milk. And then honey, as I mentioned, um, we, we try to limit the, the risk associated with consuming some raw honey in those babies until they're a little bit older and have had a few of those immunizations necessary to continue to protect them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as, you know, speaking towards safe eating, Right. Uh, we've talked a lot about infants in, mm-hmm. in those introductions of solids, but um, our toddlers, yeah, they're also trying a lot of things that are new. Right. Um, and uh, as much as we want to allow them to feed themselves, there are certainly some foods that we probably should be a little bit more careful with. So um, trying to, you know, cut down or, or excuse me, cut up maybe grapes or hot mm-hmm. dogs, things like that, make them easier to manage and less of a choking risk can be helpful. And what about, um, because you hear different things, and we know things are ever-changing, of Mm -hmm. course, and and new science comes out, new research comes out. Um, You know, we were talking about the honey and, you know, the different vaccines to kind of build the immunity to to the different local honeys and things like that. Uh, What about eggs? What about peanuts? I mean, those are the things that we hear a lot about. And so we used to say, hey, let's hold off on all of those uh, until they're older. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we started to see an increase in 
the number of food allergies in children. And so the most recent recent recommendations, which you mentioned, are always changing. changing. We're always learning more, are that we can start to introduce those foods at a younger age. So it's okay for your nine-month-old to have some eggs. Mm -hmm. It's okay for your nine-month-old to have some peanut butter that is prepared in something. Sure. Um, and in fact, by introducing those at a younger age, we, as we believe now or as we know and understand now, um, try to make them a, a little bit less likely to develop some food allergies later on. Yeah. And so we talked about um, toddlers more specifically as mm-hmm. they start to get older and they start to explore more. And you start to explore more as a parent and, you know, giving them uh, different things. Um, really at that point... As a parent, you look at anything becoming a choking hazard. You do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so how, you know, we, we talked about cutting the grapes up smaller. You know, things with skins can be tougher right. to, to chew. Raw vegetables, you know, those baby carrots, those yeah. can be a little bit harder to manage. Yeah. So how do we do as much as we can? Of course, we all want to prevent right. from uh, our baby choking, our, our child choking. What are some of those other right. steps we can so take? So trying to, as I mentioned uh, make the the bite size manageable as mm-hmm. best you can, um, and then you know being prepared yourself, right? Yeah. So uh, the reality is, as parents, we want to prevent or avoid every single thing we possibly can, but That's we'll find it, it's just not reality, <laughs> and we're going to find ourselves in a situation that we had hoped to avoid. So you know, being educated, learning how to do the Heimlich maneuver, mm-hmm. knowing that different ages, it's done different ways. Um, and then just trying to be present with your child as they're eating rather than um, using it as a, a means to escape, which we know we need, right? Right, right. Um, but there are certainly uh, scenarios that wouldn't be the best time to do that. And yeah. it's it's good to share those uh, eating opportunities. You know, you have your as child sitting down, hope, somewhat holding still, right? Right, kind of. But you get to share that time with them. Yeah, and food is fellowship. It is. And it's it's kind of that time, you know, that you can sit, depending on the time of day as a family, and right. kind of enjoy that together. Um, and then, you know, once we get to that toddler age, really, for the most part at that point, they're eating just about they are. anything and everything, they get those whether it's teeth, food or not. They get those teeth, um, and they're going to stick everything in that mouth that you on, and, and uh, it's a fun stage to have them progress to and explore different things. Yeah. Uh, resources for people if they have questions or if they're thinking, okay, my baby is this age. Should I be introducing this or not? Yeah. What do you suggest for people? So I always recommend um, the American Academy of Pediatrics um, has some great resources. Additionally, eatright.org, some great nutrition resources for you and um, really trying to to focus on keeping your, your child healthy and happy. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Thank you for answering our questions and and just kind of helping us get through, you know, the different transitions of from, you know, breast milk to bottle to food to all the things. We appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Pediatrician Tyson Tidwell, thank you so much. And that concludes this week's episode of the Baby Your Baby podcast, talking about uh, introducing those solid foods to your baby. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.